Welcome to another late episode of the Princess Power Podcast. I'm your host, Mallory, a teacher, friend, cat lover, plant mom, yoga enthusiast, and obviously a princess. Um, I just want to apologize real quick because I know that this episode is late. Um, I don't even know what day it is right now or what day this episode was supposed to air. But I do know that I finally finished my summer online college courses and so I can give a little more time now to the Princess Power podcast, thankfully. Today we're going to be talking about kind of a difficult subject, um, which is that of race and racism and all of the things that our society deals with in those topics. Um, I know that it's kind of controversial, but I hope that everyone listening understands that this is coming from a place of love and just wanting everybody's voice to be heard. Um, Tiffany is great, you'll find out soon enough, but I hope you enjoy listening to her. Let's get started. Welcome to the Princess Power Podcast. I'm so excited to catch up with you today and see your smiling face and um, chat with you about a topic that's like actually a pretty serious topic, I think. Um, And I told you I was nervous about this and you're probably, this is probably like the most nervous I've been to have a podcast conversation. Seriously. (laughs) Um, So we are talking about race today and I have been listening to a lot of books and reading a lot of things and I really felt like it was important to use the platform that I have to, you know, um, have this conversation. Um, but I know that it can be a controversial conversation and it can tick a lot of people off yeah. in all different types of ways. Um, and when I was talking to you about scheduling this, I, <laughs> I told my boyfriend, Hugh, I was like, so I scheduled an interview and uh, we're going to talk about race. And I knew it. I knew his <laughs> face, his face said it all. And I knew he was going to say something. He's like, Mallory. And I was like, <laughs> I know. I'm like, trust me. I thought about it. And like, it's, I don't care. Like if people unsubscribe or if people talk bad about me on the internet, I don't care. And he's like, Mallory, you could like lose your job. Like people take it really seriously. And then I was like, oh, well, maybe I didn't think about it as much as I thought because now I'm like freaking out. But (laughs) I thought about it some more after that and really seriously considered like, is it something that I think is like worth talking about? And we're here talking now. So ultimately, I think that I hope that people understand that This is a conversation um, that's important and it's important to both of us um, for different reasons and that I think both of us are coming from a really genuine place. So I I will let everyone know that I met Tiffany in college, the first college that I went to in Texas. And um, she has always just been a 
light and free and just a fun, <laughs> good person to have in your life. So, um, Tiffany, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit? Just tell us like who you are, what do you want us to know about you? Okay. Um, I'm Tiffany Uke. First, I'd like to thank you, Mallory. This is definitely a step out of your comfort zone. I feel like that's where a lot of good happens when people are willing to, you know, step out of their comfort zone and see what it's like, you know, while also, you know, maintaining relationships, like talking about stressful things doesn't mean you have to cut everyone out of your life and risk losing your job. And so I'm really excited to be here. Um, I am in grad school. Um, I think what I want to do with my life, I just want to be able to advocate for people in the margins or people who find themselves um, kind of like, oh, I don't really have a voice. I want to be able to create a space for them to, for their voice to be realized uh, across society. That's kind of like my goal. And um, it's all right so far. I mean, <laughs> that's pretty much me. I'm a daughter of immigrants. Um first-generation American. How has the color of your skin affected the way other people feel about you or treat you? If you have any, like, personal experiences or just in general, um, what can you say about that? Thankfully, I have not have been, like, traumatized by encounters with the police or strangers like some of my brothers and sisters have. But normally, it's people, like, in my adult life, it's people that are just like either really, really nice to me, <laughs> which is fine. Like, um, I remember one time I was at painting with a twist with my friend and we were celebrating the end of the semester. We're like, yeah, let's, let's paint. And so we got, we were, it was like a free for all kind of, so anyone could show up. And it was one family celebrating some birthday, I can't remember. And another family uh, celebrating, I think a graduation or something. And then it was <laughs> me and her. And we were the only two black girls and everyone else was white. And we're just like, oh, I mean, it's a neighborhood, who cares? So we were just painting and <laughs> someone's grandpa answered the phone call and he just answered it inside the painting with a twist. And he was, <laughs> he was talking kind of loud, but it wasn't really a big deal. And me and her were just going on about it. But then it got like really quiet. And me and her were still talking and we're like, why is everything quiet? And then everyone was just like looking at the grandpa and he was just like, I don't know if he was like into politics or something or heavily involved but he was just kind of making comments about like like the poorer population of black individuals in Houston and like the campaign and like um supporting the president at the time and all this stuff and we're just like well anyways we, we we paid to be here so let's keep painting and and then so we didn't really pay much mind to it like in my head I was thinking well, if my friends aren't going to complain, I'm not going to complain because usually I'm a little spicy. But so I was like, let me just have fun. That's why I came here. And then we, after we finished his phone call, like his daughter took him outside and everyone was being like really stressed. And me and her were just chilling because at the time, like I was only processing this. So I didn't know what she was doing. We were talking, but I was listening. I don't know if that makes sense. And so we were having, we were just chilling. And then slowly, like people started coming out to us and they're like, hey, so we're not like our grandpa, you know, something like that. And like 20 people came up to us like, hey, are you guys okay? Like, I was like, oh man, this is getting weird. Like, we're trying to let it go. <laughs> but it's stuff like that. Like, they were like super nice, which was cool. But like, 
I don't know. It, it maybe made us feel kind of weird because when we went to Bahama Books later, she was like, is it me? Or were they really nice to us? Like, more nice than any other person has been nice to me in my life? And I was like, yeah, that was kind of weird. And I was like, I think it's because of the time we're both like, what the grandpa said? And they were like, oh, we were thinking the same thing, but we didn't want to make a big deal about it. But people know that they have those kind of people in their family and they're kind of like, shoot, I'm not a bigot. They just they were making us look bad. I'm like, oh, I feel for you. I just, I feel weird when you make it weird. So I don't, I don't know how to fix that. But that's happened a lot of the times where someone does something really weird and they're just like, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. We're not like that. We're not like that. I'm like, okay, that's cool. And then other times it's like people don't really super care that they're making it an, a, um, going out of their way to make me feel othered. So for example, I'm like, I have this little Afro I'm the color of chocolate. I'm not very skinny. I'm kind of tall. So I'm like, we're the opposite. <laughs> like, let's go to Fredericksburg. I haven't heard anything bad about this place. We drive to Fredericksburg. <laughs> oh, it was so funny. We pull up to this town, and it's like, everyone on the street is either, like, really, really old or, like, super young, and they're, like, on their honeymoon or whatever. But everyone's, like, white. And I'm like, oh, okay, it's fine. It's a small town in the middle of the country. Everyone's white. It's okay, because I have my friend, and she's white passing, so I felt like, okay, I feel a little safe. I mean, that's life. Sometimes walking into somewhere, and I'm the only black person, it makes me, like, nervous, because I don't know what kind of, like, I don't want to, like, minimize the white culture, but I don't know in what kind of environment am I walking into. I felt a little safe. She was there, and then so, so we go, and we walk into this, uh, coffee shop and I open the door and everyone just looks at me and then they're like they not that everyone makes a face but it's more like some people's faces are surprised some people's faces are like what is she doing here some people's faces are like oh like you don't roll your eye real quick and I was like oh, are we gonna have this kind of day and so I was like okay let's just get to hanging out and then we went to this restaurant and it was the same kind of thing we opened the door there's only one door, and I guess in these little establishments, and everyone turns at us, and they're looking, and my friend's like, is it just me, or are they looking at us, looking at us crazy all day? I was like, no, girl, it's not just you. They're looking at me. Have you noticed? I'm the only brown face. The, other, the only other brown faces have been, like, the kitchen staff, or people we sat down at the table at the restaurant, and, and this older couple, they got up, and they moved. I was like, are we, are we doing this today? Like, I made sure... You know, because I knew it was going to be in a small town in the middle of nowhere, Texas. So I was like, let me make sure to dress up nicely so I don't look like a quote unquote one of those black girls. And I was like, yeah, y'all still moving? I was like, I mean, it's fine. And my friend was like super mad about it. She was like, oh, everyone was treating us weird and da da da. But I was like, it's, it's life, I guess. So it, it's all, it's like those kind of microaggressions that kind of experience people being like really weirdly nice to me like countered the weird thing that happened because someone in their family was kind of being culturally insensitive or just flat out like oh you're like you get in the elevator and someone's like shifts over and like you hear that and you're like oh that doesn't happen I'm like girl it happened or at the grocery store if everyone would just like relax like just breathe don't treat me differently because of my skin color like and in a good way and in a bad way, like don't move away from me, but also like don't feel like you're, I don't know, like this 
Confederate's mother. Like, I don't, I just, people are like really stressed about race and they're just like, they start treating people weirdly. But if we just treat each other, I don't know, like we'd like to be treated just like regular, everything will be fine. But that's what it's like as a, an adult African-American, Nigerian-American woman, for me anyways. I don't know, it depends on everyone else. But for me, it's kind of like that. Um, A couple things stood out to me. One, when you said that you noticed that you were the only Black person in that little town, um, I was thinking about the fact that there have been multiple times when I'm the only white person in the room, because like we were just talking about, I lived in Mexico. Um, I like traveling and I like Um, a lot of times like the schools that I work in um, are mostly minorities so it's not uncommon for me to be the only white person in the room and like I guess until this moment I've never actually thought about the fact that I was the only white person like it doesn't like and I think it's because of the fact that like people don't see a white person and say oh my gosh what is that like you know like we're not used to seeing white people like it's it's just a totally different perspective like I can't imagine what that would be like to like notice that everyone around you is different I think it's just the historically when a a black person finds themselves in like in a place with only white people and it so happens to be in the middle of nowhere, and I left out the fact that they were flying Confederate flags. That just made me hyper aware, like, okay, someone in my situation could end up in a stressful place. And I'm thankful conversations like these are happening. Um, also, you mentioned like that family that was like, oh, I'm not, we're not like our grandpa or whatever. And um, that was interesting to me because I think that is really common especially in older generations and I'm not trying to like throw old people under the bus but like (laughs) a lot of times even like I mean I grew up in a town of 500 people and it was it was all white people we had one girl who was black and then we had one Mexican family and everybody else that I grew up with for 18 years was white and so it's very common to have family members that have very, very racist um, beliefs or not that they're like super vocal about it all the time, but just like, you know, like without even realizing it, they're like prejudice. Yeah, Um, that makes sense. So I don't know like what... How do you overcome like all of those, your grandparents and like you want to be respectful to your family, but also it's like, uh, yeah. like, don't say that. Don't do that. You know, it's like it's a really weird position. And then you don't want to like make other people uncomfortable. Like you said, like stopping overly nice, like we're just trying to like do our thing, you know, so I don't know. It's like a really weird, weird state. And I think that's where, so you know how the civil rights movement, like there were people like on the streets marching and all that stuff. And yet it took so long for legislation to pass, but the individuals who were passing legislation were people that were like, they're white dudes, you know what I'm saying? So 
So it's like a collaborative effort. So you're like you're part of the is it is not gonna be easy, but you're part of the whole let's get this world back on track is like unfortunately having like these conversations with your parents, like or your not your parents, like those people in your family who were like, you know, they still stuck in that. Ooh, child. And and like like for example, my parents, they were born in Nigeria. And they are all like <laughs> they're more conservative as well. And for the longest time, they thought that Africans and black people were like different, like this is one and this is the other. And I'm like, and like over the years, it's become easier in the beginning, bro. I was like, wow, am I gonna get cussed out every day? But now, like with this whole thing that happened during the pandemic, they were like, wow, they don't like people that look like us I was like yes <laughs> I don't know it took them so long like me and my siblings like talking to them like hey we don't say that about Mexican people Hispanic people even if one person did that to you doesn't mean everyone's like that and this is a an African person telling my African parents that they need to stop acting like prejudicial and getting cussed out so it's definitely a struggle but I think with enough like gentle like sometimes I wasn't gentle I was like y'all are being ridiculous but I was like that doesn't really work I have to be like chill about it. like hey why do you feel like that and I'm like what if they said that about you and someone's like talking they're not talking to kids but low-key <laughs> but hopefully you are encouraged to talk to your and like encourage your your peers to be like hey your <laughs> uncle jam over there is up who's gonna tell them <laughs> but I think that's where that's how it's gonna work when everyone does their part like we'll we'll all be slowly working towards this greater good where everyone's treated baseline regular nice or whatever not like differently because they look different you know what I mean kind of but it all starts with like going home and doing it doing the work at home and calling out like people that you love dearly and so it, it forces you to do it in a lovely way it's like not like on facebook like, you little racist you're going to you can't do that you, you can't live with your family unless you want to be by yourself forever so it's, it's really good like practice it's super difficult but once as once you get it right you're gonna be like wow i could like eat in peace I can even invite some friends over that don't look like me without being like, oh, please don't say anything crazy. <laughs> and then all of a sudden the world will be a better place. <laughs> um, okay, so Tiffany, how has the color of your skin affected the way that you feel about yourself? Forget the other people who really cares about them anyways. How do you <laughs> feel about yourself? Um, I think over the years I've started to uh, embrace my, not only my blackness, my Africanness. And I don't, when I was younger, I was, I wanted to, oh, you're going to think I'm crazy. I wanted to be like, not black. If anything, I wanted to be white because I went to school with mostly white people. So I was like, I just want to be like them, not like me. But now I'm, I'm like, okay, you know, it's cool that I'm a woman. It's cool that I'm black. It's cool that my hair, it doesn't Afro. Like there's something wrong with that. Like I'm slowly like, I don't know why it's taken so long, but I'm like trying to really embrace it because I just like chilling. But sometimes you're the way you look 
it, it, you you can't chill. Like it's almost like I can't say I don't like politics. I'm not political. This my skin, my gender, who I choose to love. It's all political. I don't have the luxury of just mm, camouflage. Like no, I'm brown. So everything that has anything to do with being a woman, being brown, it's it is what it is. But I've instead of like detesting that about myself as I did in the past. I'm just like, you know what, Tiffany? It's cool. Like, you don't, you can, life isn't supposed to be easy anyways. That's why life is short because, I don't know, you have to make the most out of it. And, I mean, being black is kind of cool. So, I, I just, I learned to love it. And things have been going well because it helps me when I see other people, especially, like, my younger generation who, like, oh, I wish I wasn't like this. Or I wish this was different. It helps me be like, hey, I was like that, and I spent most of my time like hating myself. You know, it was kind of a waste of time because now that I'm an adult, I'm like, wow, those behaviors are affecting how you behave now. I have to backtrack and fix all that. So it helps me be like, don't say that about yourself, young one. Like, love the skin you're in and love your hair and your long legs or your short arms or whatever. <clears throat> but I don't know. I'm liking it now. I think Tiffany of the past would be like, Wow, okay, so I, I grew out of that. I hate my kind of look phase. I'm like, yeah, you did. So, <laughs> looking up. I think things are looking up. I think that's a really common thing for like most women to go through of like, there's society is always telling you to look a certain way, whether yeah. it's your hair or your skin or your legs or your butt or and it changes oh what I was just listening to oh was it a book or a podcast I can't remember but they were talking about how there's like a cycle like every five years there's like a new beauty trend of like having a big butt or having a little butt or having big boobs or having little boobs or like it like has a rotation that it's just like you so literally there's no pleasing people unless you're going to change your entire body every five years which sounds awful and also impossible did you believe that <laughs> i wouldn't do it even if you paid me <laughs> so i read a book and it had one chapter about race it was untamed by glennon doyle have you read it Mm-mm. okay what, what did you say it was called Untamed by Glennon Doyle. And down. Um, the book itself is a really good book, but she had one chapter specifically about um, racism. And she described it as like uh, a poison that we've been taking in our whole lives and we don't even realize that we're taking in this poison, right? Because it really is mm. embedded in our society. And so I think that a lot of times there's um, there's like different categories. So there's people that you're like, hey, you're being poisoned. And they're like, no, there's no such thing as poison, yeah. you know? And then there's people that are like, yeah, I'm being poisoned, but there's not really anything I can do about it. And it doesn't really hurt me as much as it hurts other people. So like, mm. yeah, I'm still living, so it's okay. And then there's people that I would like to think I would be included in that are like, oh my gosh, we're being poisoned and it's killing people. <laughs> we need to stop the poison. <laughs> like, you know, yes. like you can't be 
like you have to be proactive now or reactive honestly because the poison is out there and it's been out there for such a long time and like to not do anything is just as bad as like continuing the poison like why wouldn't you want to get the poison out so what advice could you give to all of us that have been taking in this poison without knowing it um Mm -hmm. what advice can you give us about getting the poison out okay i need to read that book that that sounds like a that sounds like something up my alley let's see i think it's i feel like step number one because a lot of times I, i ask myself things like that like um i recognize there's something going on so what next for me, what works is I realize that there is something wrong. Like actually like pointing, not pointing out, but like saying, this is, this is wrong. Like there is something going on and I'm acknowledging that this is not how it's supposed to be. Just like sitting there and choosing to actually face the ugliness is that's a hard battle. Cause some people are just, Oh, I love ignorant bliss. I don't know what you're talking about. There is nothing wrong. The hardest thing is to be like, you know what? I've been lying to myself. There are some issues. So that's the step number one. Like, isn't that a, a thing with like sobriety is realize you have an issue. Like, okay, there is an issue. I have an issue. There's an issue in this world. I'm not going to pretend like everything's fine and dandy because it is not. <laughs> Things are going amok. I feel like that is a really good thing to do. And then probably from there is... I think surrounding yourself with people who are also like, okay, this ain't right, right? And you're like, yeah, no, it ain't. Versus surrounding yourself with people who are like, girl, quit tripping, everything's fine. Because how will you have the courage to then the next step, which is doing something about it? And that's like hard in and of itself. Like, what do I do about this? But definitely surrounding yourself with people who also are on your same page. Like, I was thinking to myself, I think it's time to start cutting people out of my life because we're not on the same page. You were out here in La La Land. Like, I don't know what you're thinking, but you got to go. Or maybe, I don't know. Are we supposed to be cutting people out of our lives? I don't know, but it's been working for me. (laughs) In your shoes, it would be like, um, mm, maybe you have, well, you already do a lot. You have you have friends of different cultures, you embrace other cultures. I think that's like, that's the, people think, well, what can I do about it? This is a big old problem. I'm not asking you to put the whole pie in your mouth and swallow it. I was like, just take a little bite. Like, okay, maybe talk to the guy in front of you. You don't normally talk to, I don't know, big black bald guys, but do what you like, be comfortable. Hey dude, I like your shirt. Or just like, you know, be chill. Or like, I'm going to pick up essence magazine it's like this magazine uh black owned or however like just you know you usually get that cosmo pick up in essence like embrace different cultures or try different foods you know don't gotta if you want to organize a march heck yeah go for it if you're like boom bam or you want to start little maybe order different foods from like a like try that, that thai place out open up the street or if you want to go like exotic i don't know instead of planning your trip to europe every year Maybe go to another country that's like, I don't know, that suits your fancy, like Morocco's been popping, or I don't know, Nigeria's cool. Um, you know, South Africa's lit. You know, just try different things and you don't have to do 
you don't have to start a whole like revolution, but you can at least try to, you know, open your circle. That's what I mean by like faith without works is bad. Like, yes, thoughts and prayers, they go far, trust me. But also, what are you working towards? Like Jesus, he could have easily been like, hey, yeah, I'm gonna heal y'all from my house with the other apostles. He was walking all over the place, doing things, hanging out. So he was moving. Yeah, it's like a little domino effect. So I feel like if you start off, I'm going to redo it. If you start off recognizing there's a problem, surround yourself with people who also recognize there's a problem. And then y'all set out to put some faith and that works together and do little things to kind of make the world around you a more beautiful place. I'm telling you that light here and that light there, all these people making the world a lighter place will illuminate the world eventually. Like you don't have to put up a lighthouse. I have to do is hold a flashlight and enough people holding flashlights. Oh my gosh, I got a concert with those little cell phones like waving around. I'm telling you, that thing looked bright. It's like, wow, did they turn the lights on? No, it's everyone's little cell phone lights. So if everyone's just waving a little cell phone flashlight, trying to make the world a better place, I guarantee things will be looking up. And hopefully those other people that are like slow to change will be like, I mean, it won't kill me to, you know, just hang out outside my circle and they'll probably if anything do it because everyone else is doing it and they'll end up being like oh it's not that bad okay uh, it's fine <laughs> so i hope um we'll see i don't know how we'll know maybe when we're dead and the lord's gonna be like hey it looks good down there like thanks uh, we tried <laughs> i love that that was like really um I don't even know the right word for it, Tiffany. That totally makes a lot of sense. Like just making those little changes and putting yourself outside your comfort zone a little bit, like little by little, that definitely little by little. I can see how that would make eventually a huge difference if everybody did that. Um, Tiffany, do you have any like resources or books or movies or podcasts or organizations, etc.? If someone wanted to do more research or read more or better themselves, like anything that like highlights or celebrates women specifically um, of minorities that you can think of. Actually, I went to my my old job, so Center for Faith Justice based out in New Jersey, they've been compiling, let me, I wrote down how to get to it. It's like anti-racism resources. So Center for Faith Justice, it's like faithjustice.org. And okay, on the top right, you got to click the engage and then it's like an engage tab and then click resources. And then you should see like anti-racism resources. And they have been compiling so much, I want to say since before Rest His Soul, George Floyd was taken from us, but they have podcasts. I wrote a whole list of things. They have podcasts, they have books, they have articles, TV show recommend recommendations, so a whole bunch of stuff. And they have like religious stuff. It's like a religious organization, but they also have like secular stuff, so a bunch of stuff. And I think like from there, you can just kind of like, oh, when you, well, at least when I go on Amazon and I search of a book, they also like give me similar things. Or if I like, if I like a topic, like um, something that's been interesting to me is like the criminal justice system and 
like the variations of like the populations within anyways you just google that and just be like books and just a bunch of stuff but they have like anti-racism resources you can take and run with there's a whole bunch of stuff and by the time you start digging into things like some things will pop up and this and that's gonna be like a super great place i think to start i always tell people like oh you want to i go right there to center faith justice we have it boom and um, they did a really spectacular job compiling that. And then from myself, I, actually, I started listening to this podcast with my two, well, two of my favorites. I have, Bruce, it's Bruce Springsteen and Barack Obama. They're homies, I guess. I didn't even know that. And I had they no clue. this podcast together. Born in the USA. Renegades born in the USA. They talk about life, fatherhood. They talk about growing up with a parent that didn't really show affection. You talk about race, you talk about all types of stuff. And it's a really interesting podcast. So they have like two podcasts that just happen to venture into like race and like family and it almost kind of emulates how I think the conversation should like go. It's just like them talking about life and like, oh yeah, how was it like like being, I don't know, the only person in your family who like went to college and like they just like, and how did that make you feel when you went to Harvard and you were the only person that looked like you or how did it make you feel that like, it was just, it's just a beautiful way to talk about hard topics. I feel like some of the topics that they discuss, it, it's like, they do it so well. It, it almost teaches you how to like approach these kinds of things in your life with the people you care about. So Renegades Born in the USA, I love it. I don't even listen to podcasts like that. That was the first podcast I listened to. All the way through. I was like, ooh, I love this. Um, what else? I have a little list. Oh, yeah. And just, um, I don't know. I feel like this is random. Listening to other cultures' music. I love music. And I feel like if you just kind of started listening to, I feel like Spotify or Pandora has, like, different playlists. It might open you up to, like, different avenues. And then you might like an artist and see what they're about and they might have some thoughts about things like this. So maybe like listening to different music and trying different foods that you're not really accustomed to or like wouldn't hurt. I feel like that, that kind of stuff is less like if you're not into podcasts or you're not into reading, but you love cooking, go ahead, cook a cookbook from a random culture and see what you can create with what's in your pantry. I feel like that'd be kind of cool. Cause I, cookbooks have little stories and they're super cute. You can see like, Oh, my my grandmother made these, I don't know, dumplings, biscuits, and they'll talk about their family and you'll get a little insight into their culture. So just that'd be kind of fun if you like doing that. Or if you like dancing, there's so many different dances out there. Try them all out. I'm very not athletic, so I like I mean I can watch, but so um, so Tiffany, I think we are pretty much coming to the end. Do you have anything that we didn't cover that you think we should talk about? Any final comments you have to make? I just want to thank everyone for sticking around this long. Uh, yeah, it's going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. No one fall into a pit of despair. Not yet. Maybe if the sky starts falling, panic a little, but we're still good. We're so good. Too fun though. Thank you, Mallory. 
That's actually a legitimate fear that I have. Like every day when I'm driving, I'm like, I'm alone in my car. And if the sky just collapsed, I'll die alone. <laughs> like, I think it every time I drive somewhere, like, what would I do? Would I just give in to it? Like, would I try to call for help? <laughs> like, I'm it's just falling everywhere else. That's so true. That's yeah. good- so now I'm going to have nightmares. Bye. <laughs> Thanks. One more giant thank you to Tiffany for being open and honest and vulnerable with us um, today. And thank you again to the listeners um, for sticking it out. This was kind of a longer episode, I know, but I think it was all important and good information for you. Um, Finally, just a reminder that I do have a Patreon. It's www.patreon.com slash princesspower. Or you can email me comments, suggestions, um, topic, ideas, whatever you want to hear on the podcast. The email is princesspowerpodcast at gmail.com. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.